0: Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Fuck you, Marty. Ruth, what what are you doing? Marty's not even here. Well fuck you too, Danny. That's not very nice. I mean I thought it's very I mean it's nice you to like co host my guest co host my podcast today, but just the instant attacks, it's like I don't know why I agree to do this. Agree your stupid podcast. Nobody Ain't nobody even listening to this bullshit. I should be back in Ozark working at the Missouri Bell laundering money. Well, I mean, you're more than welcome to return there, but that's a, that's a criminal enterprise, and this is perfectly legal. This ain't no enterprise. Ain't nobody paying you for shit. All right, well, can you be maybe a little bit nicer? For what? I ain't going to fuck you. You're 46 old and bald, you dumb piece of shit. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining me whatever what you got to drink um there's some gin in the in the freezer well i ain't gonna make it you make it dip shit all right fine i'll make you a drink but you gotta like host in the meantime well how do i host you just just take the mic and then just start talking into it and then just kind of go from there okay what's up you motherfuckers this is ruth from ozark and this is podcast is stupid and you're stupid and i need money and i live in a trailer even though i'm rich all right, maybe you shouldn't drink them in the pod. Let's just let's just get into it. What's up, you Johns? Thanks for listening to the Danny Palmer Show. As you may already know, my name is Danny Palmer. This is my podcast, hence the name of the show, the Danny Palmer Show. It makes sense, you know. It's clear and simple. <laughs> Ruth from the Ozark has. Uh, if you haven't seen the show Ozark, this is not a bad introduction to her. I mean, her, this is pretty much her personality. She's impatient and tempestuous and full of piss and vinegar. Oh, fuck you! You don't know shit about me. You ain't no Langmore. You ain't growing poppies on your property. <laughs> I don't have property. I live in the city, okay? I don't think I can grow pop- poppies in the East Villa Truth. Yeah, well, you'd probably be making a better living if you were. Dumb piece of shit in this little tiny one-bedroom. Yeah, aren't you... You're 46. Why aren't you some executive? You just a low-level Midland recruiter? You ain't doing shit. How many spots you get a week? Two? Not even that. Just because your friend gives them to you? Ain't no clubs booking you. Ruth, how do you so how do you know so much about the stand-up industry? Jesus. Listen, we're coming out of a pandemic. Give me a fucking break. People still want to do heroin whether or not there's a pandemic or not. You're in the wrong goddamn business. This ain't even a business. All right, fair, 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 Ruth, let me let me get into some feedback before we just continue down this aggressive route where you just attack me and berate me for things that make perfect sense. <laughs> I got some really good feedback this past week. My friend Katie down there in Charleston, South Carolina. She said, "I liked the Eye Guy Pod. Now the Eye Pod. If you didn't listen this week, that was my friend Max Stapleton. We went to college together. He's uh, he likes dudes. <laughs> he works at an eye bank, and he shared the tales of how that shit works. Man, it's a kind of it's like obviously it's like a noble profession to work in an eye bank. You know, you're giving people the gift of sight, and you're salvaging organs from dead people to help alive people. Like, but it's also like, dude, don't don't work there, man." This, your 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 job bums me out. <laughs> just kidding, it's great. Uh my friend Haley, she always gives great feedback and listens to the pod. I appreciate you listening, Haley. Uh I want to make out with you. Maybe take your shirt off if you're if we're like if it's like going well and it's like late or whatever. Just kidding. Just kidding. I can hear some like some some uh like I don't know, woke uh chick like three years from now listening to that little clip and being like, You piece of shit. Well tell that bitch, I'll kill her. <laughs> All right, Ruth, I'll tell her. and then uh i was like oh because i was like larry david has a you know he's got that pretty 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 good phrase and i don't i said i didn't have one but haley correctly pointed out that my phrase is like "Eh, okay what do you mean your your phrase is like all right okay i'm saying i don't know ruth i'm just saying that like you know if something if i say a joke or an idea and it doesn't really go well or i don't know how to transition to the next thing i just go eh. well that's stupid you're right, Ruth. It is pretty dumb. Uh, Haley also said, I love that you have new words of the day. I've ordered a word of the day calendar and care about grammar. I do care about grammar. She goes, Why are so many people ending sentences with at these days? Yes, do not end a sentence with a preposition. She also loved the quote about how your words and actions affect three people. I read this uh, uh, quotation or whatever from this Catholic priest, and he said, You know, if you say some sharp words to somebody, it affects them first, and it affects you after you said it, but then who does it affect in their life? But When they take in that, like, hurt and anger, they might express it on somebody else. So it's not just you getting your feelings out to one person. It could be other people that are affected by it as well. You know what, Ruth? Maybe you should take that into consideration instead of saying, fuck you, Marty, every time you run into somebody else in Ozark. Oh, fuck you, Danny. I don't care who your words and actions affect. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> She said um she loves Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I talked about them last week. That is pretty random and interesting. Yeah, he's got this like guru blog and he's like a philosopher now. He rented out this uh or he bought this like studio space in New Orleans and he just sits in there and thinks and writes essays all day. Dude, that's a lit fucking way to live. I wanna do that. Dude, somebody buy me like a fucking dope warehouse with cool music and like weed and shit and like good lighting, and I'll just read some good books and like think about stuff and then you know, like have friends over and we'll just talk about like deep stuff and then we'll just go to bars down on Bourbon Street or we'll go to Frenchman. We're not fucking tasteless, but we'll we'll have a good time. We'll have a good old time. We'll have a real good old time. Uh, Haley continued. I am so glad you actually care about lyrics and music. There's so much junk out right now. And my son's friends are listening or singing these trash lyrics. They're 11 years old. I don't allow my kid to hear that junk. I just keep trying to introduce him to the actual good music which is a form of poetry that takes intelligence, not just talking about gold chains and bitches. (laughs) Now I'm quoting a woman there, so I'm allowed to say that. Nice pod, Danny. Thank you, Haley. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Oh, and somebody else said... (laughs) Oh, I I told Max on the pod this week, my friend Max, that Germany is my number one international market. It really is. Like if Germany was a city in the United States, it would be like my third biggest market. (laughs) So thanks, Germans. Appreciate you listening. Tell your fucking friends and... Nuremberg, which is apparently where people are listening in germany don't understand that um and somebody else was talking about i think my friend jared was talking about max because he's gay he lives in macon georgia working at the Eye bank there uh jared was saying the cost benefit analysis of being gay in macon while working with exclusively dead people for their eyes seemed like he could fill more than once a month therapy sessions (laughs) (laughs) because max talked about going to therapy once a month yeah man I don't know what is the proper interval for therapy? Here's my question. does everybody on the planet should everybody on the planet get into therapy? Is that something that every single person should be doing or is it only if you meet certain conditions because what I've noticed in trying to do therapy through my works benefits is that they try to weed you out of the therapy you know like they're like, is this something that can be worked on in the short term and it's a specific problem and a spe- you know a certain duration of sessions will lead. To x measurable improvement and said symptoms or should we be doing the more like that deep psychoanalysis Freudian type of shit because i was reading this other article in psychology today saying that if you don't talk about the things that you're uncomfortable about in your life the things that make you squirm about your own feelings your own actions that's the the best way to make the biggest improvements in your life is to dig into that shit Un- unlike more prevalent therapies like cognitive behavioral therapy which tend to give you the sense that hey you're great here's some strategies you can use to manage the stress and anxiety in your life and i'm I'm sure that's an oversimplification of cbt but uh that's the basic gist of it just makes me wonder like should we all be doing like deep psychotherapy i think at one point howard stern was going to a psycho or a psychiatrist six days a week some some people go i think drew michael was saying on um, Mark Marin's podcast that he does uh, He was doing analysis f- uh, Four to five times a week For like three hours a day So you, you don't really get a, a break or a respite To kind of collect your thoughts Or get some distance between you And the intensive emotional work Because you're in there so often I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude That could go either really well or really poorly Well, maybe you should go, dipshit You're sitting here by yourself At least I get fucked Who do you, who do you fuck, Ruth? The, the fucking the dead dude? How dare you bring him up? Sometimes I get emotional on the show, and my I show my feelings. That's what's happening right now. Don't you dare bring up Ben again. You hear me, Danny? I am sorry, sweetie. Don't call me sweetie. Sorry, Ruth. Sorry. sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, Jared also said that it's uh, he loves that Max got his master's degree in divinity, which he did. He got his master's in divinity from Mercer University's Atlanta campus. Very impressive work, Maxwell. Obviously, he then immediately abandoned doing any type of religious work. And, and uh, you know, now he's just a money-grabbing bank director. <laughs> you know how they are. Ruth, I wanted to read this quote from you. Um, and I just, again, I will say, when I said earlier in the podcast, money and bitches, that was a woman that said that to me. I am reading the quote. I am not saying that myself. I was telling my friends uh, this past weekend. Mike Racine is one of the best comics around. And he does, he has this excellent, I don't know how the fuck he does it. He says the bad thing without saying the bad thing. You know what I mean? Like he'll say something that wouldn't be considered polite in society, but he'll say, well, this other person said it, not me. And then you're like, oh, well, he didn't say it. But while he says the other person is saying it, he's saying it. (laughs) It's pretty brilliant. So I'm just going to quote. Actually, Ruth, do you mind just reading your quote here? Because I think it's a pretty great, it's one of your all-time best uh, moments in, in Ozark in terms of humor, I feel. All right, fine. I'll read it. I'll just say it. And quit parking in the cripple spot. Well, you got any disability. Just poor judgment. Ruth, that is brilliant. That is a brilliant statement you've made. Well, thank you. <laughs> Do you want a, a gin and tonic? I, don't buy me a drink. I own the fucking riverboat. Do you own it? I, d- I don't remember the ownership structure, Danny. Me neither. <laughs> Dude, when I was uh, when I was in high school or like junior high, there were these like Coke cans like Coke did this special line of cans where they were like you know those remember those jam shorts in the 90s they were like really loud and garish and like kind of like Hawaiian shirts but they were shorts and then they made a bunch of Coke cans that had a similar style and I collected those kept them under my bed li- literally for probably like over a decade I put tape over the you know the top of the can where you open it I put tape over that part the tab and then over time the cans just eventually got like botulism or whatever <laughs> It started to poke out and get rusty and i thought that when i was a kid i thought that i would save those for 20 years and then well i would just take them to the smithsonian one day and get like thousands of dollars for some busted out botulism coke can <laughs> fucking idiot you are an idiot you were an idiot and you still you remain one sorry ruth it's not nice i'm here to be nice all right is that uh is that conceit getting old i think it's fine i think think it's fine uh, my Black Cat, our Black Cat show last Friday, me, that, me and Ryan DiColos run every Friday, nine o'clock, 172 Rivington, on the Lower East Side, between Attorney and Clinton. Danny, you don't need to give the whole fucking address. Just tell the story. Uh, there were like, I don't know how many, I think there were like 10 comics. It was like five men, five women, something like that. And we went next door to Joey Rose's and had a drink afterwards. And one of the uh, ladies in the audience came up to me. Or we were, we we're all talking in a group. She goes, no offense, but I loved all the women. I was like, no offense, none taken. Uh, yeah, they're fucking great, you know, because there's this perception that uh, oh well, dudes are like dominating comedy. Dude, there's so many fucking funny ass women in in New York, man. I I love. It's amazing to me when they do blackout. I'm I'm a huge fucking fan. Uh, what was it gonna? Oh, this thing. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if you guys watched uh, Afterlife, but season three uh, just ended and there was a third and final season if you haven't seen it, it stars ricky gervais his ex-wife dies of cancer and the, basically the whole series is kind of a reflection on grief and how to get past it not even how to get past it and how to get over it but he's trying to kill himself for a while and it's just kind of a reflection on do you need religion and the belief in a higher power to have, live a life of meaning um, and so I read this interview, this article on heart.com, amp.heart.co.uk. So I guess this is a British site, um, but they interviewed Ricky Gervais about the ending. I'm not going to, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but it was kind of an ambiguous ending. You're not really sure who's dying, who's living, um, but they talked to Ricky Gervais about the meaning behind it. And broadly speaking, um, I can talk about this without spoiling it. So the last episode of the third season is set at this fair. I think it's a real fair in England that's been going on at the Tambury fair. The community has been coming there together for a 500 year old tradition on the grounds of this park. Um, And Ricky Gervais said the fair is important because it's been going on for 500 years. Uh, It's a place where people have been going for that long, um, different people. And the ending is saying that we all die, but not today. And life goes on. That's what that ending is. I think it's a good ending. I think it's a hopeful ending and I think it's a real ending and it's just saying that was that what's next because the whole show is about endings and beginnings. It's all about people thrown together randomly. He, t- he continued to explain, you can't choose where you're born. You can't choose what brain you've got. You can't really choose who you are or who you bump into. We're just souls floating on the breeze. That's the theme of it. And hopefully you bump into someone that suits you and tony did he's the main character and it was perfect and he knows he can't have it again and i'm happy with that it asks the big question if you lose everything is life still worth living and my answer is yes if you've got something to do if you've got something to get up for then keep going because you haven't got long anyway kind of love that and then this, this article ends with like a suicide prevention hotline number <laughs> kind of a i mean it's not funny but it's just like oh, that's a great article. Uh, You're trying to kill yourself if you read this? I'm like, no, 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 no. I just like the show. Um, But another thing he says in the last episode, this also isn't a spoiler, um, the character says that his dad told him that life is like a fair. You get on, it's fast, it's chaotic, it's unpredictable, it's fun. And then it starts to slow down towards the end and you look up and you see that there's somebody else That needs to take your seat so that they can get on the ride, and basically implying that that's why you gotta die. It's like this circle of the circle of June. Anyways, that was a fun, fun, cute little thing. Not cute, fun, um, you know, kind of a plaintiff reflection on life. Cause everybody's like, Danny, if you don't believe in God, when I was growing up, it'd be like, oh, you, you know, you don't wanna burn in hell. And then I feel like people that are religious, they'll try to like proselytize to me. Claire Thomas, I'm just kidding. Uh, He's a former guest on the pod. He's a preacher and he wants to save my soul. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you need to go to heaven to have meaning in your life or to have this conception that there's this other afterlife that where you can live for eternity and infinity to give meaning and value to your life today. I think because we know not with certainty, but it seems that this is the only life we've got because that is the case. it It imbues your life. With more meaning, a heightened sense of meaning, a heightened sense of purpose, because we all need to maximize the time here that we have. And I know when someone's life gets tragically cut short, then that fact, quote-unquote fact, is particularly painful because the one life they had got snuffed out too soon. Can't deny that that's extremely painful, but, you know, life is poignantly painful. So, all right, not sure why I went down, down that particularly dark road. Why don't I mind talking about it? We kill people in Ozark every ninety seconds. I gotta go bury them. Me and Wyatt gotta go bury him in the fucking field. <laughs> yeah, you guys bury a lot of <laughs> you guys bury a lot of bodies in fields, dude. Well, it's entertaining. It is Ruth. You're right. Fuck you, Marty. All right, I'm only gonna talk about space for a little bit this week. I didn't talk about it last week, so you know, fuck you, Carissa and and uh, Asha. Fuck you, Carissa and Asha. Y'all don't care about space. Well, what kind of fingernail polish you getting? Let me borrow it. All right. That's not very nice, Ruth. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't, li- no, who cares? Carissa and Asher are frequent listeners and they hate space. So that's why I like to tease them due to their lack of curiosity about the world around them. Here we go. The Higgs boson could have <laughs> could have kept our universe from collapsing. So they found this uh, fucking particle, dude. <laughs> the Higgs boson particle. I think they found it at the, um the fuck is the name of that place? This fucking place, (laughs) the Hadron Collider in CERN, Switzerland, I want to say, or CERN is the organization that runs this collider thing. I think like five years ago, they found this particle and they called it the God particle. And because it lends other particles their mass and this Higgs boson particle could have kept our universe from collapsing. And its properties might be a clue that we live in a multiverse of parallel worlds, a wild new theory suggests. Okay, that's interesting. Even if you don't like space, this is a fucking insane idea. Apparently, if this fucking Higgs boson particle is too big, then or too small, no, too big, then your fucking universe collapses, dude. That's not good, dude. <laughs> the theory in which different regions of the universe have different sets of physical laws would suggest that the only worlds in which the Higgs boson is tiny would survive. Yeah, I did say that right. If your universe's Higgs boson is too big, it implodes, and you no longer have a fucking universe. Well, that would suck. If true, the new model would entail the creation of new particles, which in turn would explain why the strong force, which ultimately keeps atoms from collapsing, seems to obey certain symmetries, and along the way, it could help reveal the nature of dark matter, the elusive substance that makes up most matter. We didn't even know what the fuck dark matter is. We don't even know if matter is a proper term, but apparently it's most of the shit that's out there. Dude, what the fuck? Most of the universe is dark matter, which is all the shit that we can't see. And then our universe could be one of uh, No idea. Yeah, the large Hadron Collider. That's what it was. Jesus Christ. And if you'd have read the entire article thoroughly, you could have explained it in the beginning better. In 2012, This underground particle accelerator along the French-Swiss border detected for the first time the Higgs boson, a particle that had eluded physicists for decades. Blah, blah, blah. I'll skip some of this. Blah, blah, blah. Mass of 125 giga electron volts, GEV, blah, 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 blah. Number, math, appears of, obey, combined symmetry, charges, symmetry, nature, obey. Okay, this is going to be more interesting real soon here. The universe they think could have been born... Like, as a multiverse, I guess. So, basically, the multiverse theory is born out of a... I <laughs> can't I can't. I can't do this. You're too stupid to explain this article. I know I am, Ruth. You're, you're right. Um, the multiverse is born out of a theory called inflation. Inflation is the idea that in the earliest days of the Big Bang, our cosmos underwent a period of extremely enhanced expansion, doubling in size every billionth of a second. Dude, what the fuck? Can you, even, can you even conceive of a billionth of a second and the universe doubles in size every one of those? Huh? So the basic idea of, it's kind of like the Big Bang, is that our universe has never stopped inflating. But this new theory says that w- what we call our universe is just one tiny patch of a much larger cosmos that is constantly and rapidly inflating and constantly popping off new universes like foamy suds in your bathtub. That is a simple way to explain this wildly complex idea. Like when I read that, so I could see it in my head. <laughs> I just saw this like one little bubble, and then another little bubble comes off that one. It's like when a kid blows on his hands in the tub, and the so- and the soap suds get larger and like blow off his hand. Like that's constantly kind of expanding outwards. So different regions of this multiverse will have different values of the Higgs mass, and then if it gets too big, it fucking collapses. Dude, I don't, I don't understand what the fuck is going on? This is fucking crazy. So they're working on these theories and, I mean, this could, you know, be solve one of the greatest mysteries of particle physics and also explain the nature of dark matter simultaneously. Also, the fucking uh, Hubble, Hubble, the JWST, the James Webb Space Telescope, has arrived at its destination and I think in a few months it's going to start sending us pictures of insane shit. They won't even tell us what it is. So if we figure out that the multiverse is real and then we see like pieces of the universe that emerged shortly after the Big Bang, like all that could theoretically happen in the next like, I don't know, 10 years. That's crazy, dude. Please, Kim Jong-un, do not blow up the world before we figure all this shit out. Okay. I just want, let's just all stay alive until the Halley's Comet comes in like 2074 or whatever the fuck it is. And then we'll just call it a fucking yeah. Should I wrap up the pod with that? Is that a good? Is that too depressing? <laughs> what? Uh. Oh, you know, I had I did have a little uh, self revelation last week. Basically, during the week, I'm very like uh, I try to be regimented and focused, and you know, eat salad, workout, focus on my job, and then on Friday afternoon after work, that's probably when my health is at its peak all week, and then I of course destroy it on the weekend. <laughs> But I'll take like like a little drag of weed. I'll take a shower. I'll listen to music, and I think though at that moment is typically when my brain is at its most fecund. Ooh, is that something? And I had this idea last week that like, you know, I'm always like shitting on myself in this podcast. Like, dude, you're 46, you loser. Like, I went to the grocery store tonight, and I was looking at like, you know, those like steamer dinners or whatever. It's like six bucks for like this healthy TV dinner, and I'm like, what if somebody sees me looking at those dinners and they think this guy's alone? And then I'm like, but Danny, you elected to do this. Like I could have gotten married. I elected not to do that. I chose this life that I have. You know, it's not like I'm some fucking forlorn loser living in his parents' basement. Like I'm not saying if you live in your parents' basement, you're a loser. But this image that I have of myself doesn't necessarily align with society's per- actual perception of me. And it certainly shouldn't inform or influence the perception I have of myself. So I'm trying to be more confident about that. And then I realize that when I shit on myself about being, you know, 46 year old, bald loser, like, that's giving short shrift to the nice life that I do have. I have a great life. I love my apartment. I love my friends. I love comedy. My coworkers are nice. We're funny. They joke, we, you know, we joke around all day. You know, I love my parents, my siblings. Like, I, I have a lot going on that's good. And I'm not saying this just to vainly talk about myself, but I mean, hopefully, this is something that could be applied more broadly, right? Because we probably all have a tendency to be like, ah, I fucking, I'm whack. I fucked X and Y up in the past, and I, I rue that, and I ruminate. But then while you're doing all that ruining and rumination, you're not embracing the present uh and the good that you have in your life. You know, it's like, I think we could probably a lot of us could get better at, at doing that. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Because there were this other article in psychology today about worry and anxiety. And one of the kind of antidotes to that is curiosity, because if you're spending time learning things about Let's say oh i don't know the higgs boson particle or the universe expansion expanding into multiverses when you're thinking about that stuff it's difficult to be filled with worry and anxiety because your brain's like what What? what's this i'm high so anyways that's my little fun thing for the day black cat les every friday at nine o'clock uh it's a real fun show and uh you know it's like fucking end of january but whatever dude you know winter's a good time to just fucking buckle down dude just fucking have some fun dude you can still like put a blanket over your lap and smoke weed in the weekends. That's chill. That's tight, dude. Super Bowl and shit like that, dude. It's going to be fucking lit, bro. Uh, okay. What, is, is this it? That's how you end your podcast? Do you tell people to put a blanket over their lap and smoke weed on the weekends? This is the dumbest podcast I ever heard in my whole fucking life. Ruth, do you have a lot of time to listen to podcasts while you're desperately evading being captured by the feds? I have some leisure time. I sit out on the couch and I look across the lake and I, I listen to NPR? You listen to NPR? No, dipshit. I don't listen to NPR, you stupid motherfucker. Alright, thanks for listening to the June. G- Follow me on Instagram if you want. Danny Y C Send me a message. Nobody ever does. Have a great weekend. Come, come, just come. That's not nice. Don't say just, Danny. Say come. You're right. Fuck you, Danny.